Hello and welcome to Another Look, a podcast about anything and everything that we feel deserves another look. Today's topic, whether you love it, hate it, or somewhere in between, is the movie Us. I'm your host, Russell Andrade. And I'm your co-host, Jeremy McKinley, and welcome to a very Idaho Falls edition of Another Look. That's right, we got the band back together. The, the original two co-creators are in the same room again. Russell, how you doing, brother? It's been good, man. I've been enjoying the snow. Uh, we are here in my home, a house I bought since November. Nice Loving house, it. Man. Thank you, thank you. And uh, now we're hitting that sweet weather. You know, people complain about like the snow in places like Idaho. Uh, I do enjoy it, and I enjoy the spring. I enjoy the summer. So I like being in a place where I can enjoy it all. Yeah, great. And so we're going to talk about the movie Us uh, a little. Uh, back before that, we did a review for Get Out a while back, and uh, that was our, I think we all agreed that was our number one, you, me, and Brian Powers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, That was the year that it was like between that and Logan, right? It was yeah. like the tie of like, it could be either one that year. And yeah, we said that it's like, yeah, it could be either or. It's two great movies. So, so amazing. And so now uh, Jordan Peele has released his second movie, Us, which is uh, a bit, I wouldn't say divisive amongst fans, as people generally are liking it. But it's definitely more allegorical, and so it's 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 opening up the conversation that it's because everyone talked about Get Out, but they all agreed it was about this, and ta- and we're gonna get into it with uh, this movie in this in terms of what it's interpreted as because it's not very uh, it's not very uh, definitive on what things are supposed to mean. But they can mean this, they can mean that. So, uh, basic plot of this movie, uh, you probably already see it in the trailers, but we got a family that goes on a vacation to Santa Cruz. They end up getting terrorized by a doppelganger family that looks just like them, but they're like, they look demented and stuff. Blood blood is spilled, uh, people run for their lives, and weird stuff happens, and that's all I will say. In terms of the plot... But we're gonna break this up into uh, three categories. We're gonna talk story, and then we're uh, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk characters first, then story, and then uh, anything else, just little nitpicks or or little Easter eggs that we liked, and then we'll give our rating. And then if we want to talk spoilers, we can do that after our ratings. So, uh, Russ, how did you feel about the characters in this movie? I really like the father figure. You know, he was just that fun-loving, goofy dad on the the main father, and I just like it. You know, they. It had some really cute moments. I wish we had a little bit more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a cute moment where his wife is laying on the couch, and they had like a little moment of disagreement, and then they came together on a situation about like going to Santa Cruz, and he goes to kiss his wife, and she's still a little kind of annoyed with him, so she doesn't want to kiss him. He's like, come on, you ain't going to kiss me? And mm-hmm. he just had that cute moment between a couple. And I wanted a few more moments like that between him and his kids and the mom and the kids, Mm -hmm. things like that. But that was a moment I just liked. And his character is the one that gets a boat, but it's like a a, a rink-a-dink janky boat that doesn't work all the time. But he's very excited for it. So seeing that everyman, joyful, playful kid at heart excitement, I really liked that with his character. He was definitely on the side of like Tom from the Boondocks in terms of like being like the whitest black guy you know. Oh, absolutely, I mean, yeah. I even made a comment with Russ when we saw it that he was doing, that the guy, uh, he's played, I forgot the guy's name, Winston something, Win, Winston Dukes, I believe the guy's name. I, that, I believe that sounds he was, right. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was M'Baku from uh, Black Panther, and he is doing a Jordan Peele impression, I believe, because the way that Jordan Peele normally talks, he kind of sounds that way, just all of his inflections sound like that. And yeah, I, I, really, I really enjoyed his character. I feel like 
he's a I feel like there's a point though that his character's a bit neutered and he just kind of because they do this thing to kind of quote unquote handicap his character which you know in a horror film should up the tension you know what I mean that you know you make it harder for that person to you know, harder for that person to do, you know, to fight back by giving them some kind of ailment that they, now they can't do this. And they do that, and then it kind of stops being a hindrance. Which, uh, but that's more of a story thing than a character thing. I think the actor did a great, great job playing that character. I, I don't feel like that character went through any kind of character arcs of any kind in the movie. And I, I feel like, he, I feel like there should have been, like, there should have been something between him and his marriage with his wife that, like, they got to someplace either worse or stronger because of it. I'm, I'm always a guy that at once uh, characters to go in a direction, whether it's regressive or progressive, just get better or get worse. They didn't seem to really go much other than being a survival horror film, which can be fine if you want to be simplistic, like, you know, A Quiet Place. But this movie definitely wants to be a lot deeper and more allegorical than A Quiet Place. It wants to be about a lot of things. So I needed more of that from his character, but that's less more of him and what's on the page given to him. The the other thing I've noticed with most of the other characters is um, they're all, they, I mean, the acting was good across the board, mm-hmm. but the, the mom figure and the children felt very generic. There's nothing about them that really stood out to me. Whereas the father in this family stands out to me and then they have friends, these Caucasian white friends, and distinctly the husband and the wife had very mixed match personalities. But they have very distinct personalities where like the wife yeah. likes to drink and give the husband crap and they kinda have like a I love you, hate you relationship. Right. They're also kinda like the keeping up the Jones family, like they like to have nice things. Definitely. And they also have two daughters and it's just that family seemed to have a lot more personality than our main family, besides the husband, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, at least with the mother figure, there's a reason for that that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, given like story context and stuff. But the kids felt very flat and generic. Um, I appreciate the sense they didn't have them completely bicker at each other, but it just generally as a family and flavor and everything there wasn't too much for me i felt generally well the kids weren't given a lot to do on the page and again this is more what we can talk about when we get to story because mm-hmm. the kids did a fine job acting if i were to compare those kids i compare them to dash and violet and the incredibles where they give those kids although they're not the main characters they're, they're the supporting characters they're each given a small little character arc of something they have to conquer by the end Right. And it, it's interesting because uh, I, re- I related to his uh, his last movie, Get Out, and it felt like every character we saw on screen in the movie Get Out had a very distinct personality. When they saw a cop, the mm-hmm. cop had a personality. When we saw his best friend, the best friend had a personality. When we saw the, the in-law pa- or the potential, you know, like the, the parents that he meets for the first time, the father, the, the husband and the wife are distinctly different. Mm-hmm. The gardener is distinctly different. There's a lot of characters in this movie, like I said, that felt a little more flat, which is more commonplace in um, like horror-esque movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's tough because everyone talks about what a masterstroke uh, Get Out is, but I just I felt like this movie was a little more flat in there. There wasn't so many characters, in my opinion, that necessarily popped out. Well, also, outside of the dad, because I feel like you know the dad and the white friends, they're the only people that seem to want to have fun and even be there yeah because like you know the kids were like i just rather be on my phone you know what i mean i mean the, the son was kind of like i want to play hide and seek and stuff and have a little bit of fun but like they're just like i don't want to be there you know you know when you hang out with someone it's not fun to be with someone that doesn't want to be there yeah it's a drag yeah 
And uh, so I want to talk about uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character. In terms of perf- act, performance and acting, she knocks it out of the park. She's fantastic Absolutely. with what she has to do. Because uh, all these actors, I feel like all these actors actually kind of get to shine more as their doppelgangers than they do as just their regular, as just, you know, the originals. Oh, absolutely. Where, you know, they all get, they all seem like there's a lot more going on behind their eyes. And this is like a light spoiler, but they can't speak. Yeah. I was going to say light spoiler, like uh, a light light spoiler. But yeah, the fact that they are a lot more relying on their expressions. Expressions, yeah. And it, uh, the expressions and everything is creepy, fun, and wonderful. Mm -hmm. And builds beautiful tension, along with a lot of the music they play in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, great, great music as well in terms of playing attention, knowing when to get quiet. But I think also with Lupita Nyong'o's character, besides she's a great actress and knocks it out of the park with what she's given here, is we never get to see her kind of fun side to balance out when she's terrified, right? And so, like, you know, when you watch Get Out, you get to see, uh, what's his name? I guess, I guess his name is David or something, the main character in Get Out. Yeah, I can, yeah. But you get to see his fun side, too. So you don't get... Just to see, you don't just see him always worried about what are these white people planning behind the, you know, what are these white people scheming? He's just kind of like, oh, I just seen this feels awkward. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to like, all right, they're being, you know, awkward, you know, awkwardly, passively racist. But, I, you know, this is, you know, this is par for the course for me. So I'm just kind of dealing with it. And all right. And the guy's like, oh, but whatever, black, you know, Obama for the third term. term. And it's just like, yep. Just like, just, just keep smiling now. And it's okay. And you see him and you, and you like that guy. He even makes jokes and laughs and has a good time. I don't think we ever see her have fun with anybody i feel like she's just mama bear in terms of being protective of her kid and even more more protective of her son than the daughter which is kind of weird that she was more protective of the, of the son and daughter in terms of i think part of that for me is because uh, there's an event that happened to her when she was younger that was mm-hmm. closer to her son age her mm-hmm. son's age than her daughter's age mm-hmm. and so i think she might be a little more worried about that a part of the a little light spoiler is there's something that took place in, um, you know, what is it, Santa Cruz uh, many years ago. And that's part of the reason she doesn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. And I think she's afraid because her son's a little more loose and like will run around and have fun and, and wanders off and wanders off, which is something she did many years ago. And I think she's definitely more concerned that her son would, would do that. And her son is also you know, again, like a a boy that will run around everywhere. So it makes a little more sense to me that she'd be afraid of that, especially since one of her concerns is because she's back in this place that something happened, she feels like there's a lot of weird coincidences that are bringing her and a dark element together. Mm -hmm. And she feels it internally and she doesn't know how to express it. And I think she's afraid that something like that might happen to her son. Right. And I will just say there is a twist to that character. So if you and I were to watch it again, knowing that we know that she knows a little bit more than everybody else, you could see her decisions being a bit different. You know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. not, it's not like, oh, well, I want to be here because of this and coincidence. It's just like, no, you know what's going on. You're just trying to keep it, you know, keep it from everybody. But yeah, it's just as good as her acting was. I felt like it was weirdly one note. I don't want to say one note because, you know, she does the... You know the scared thing and the you know the the mom of like you know you know call the police and everything and put your shoes on and everything but she only seems to only ever be worried mom the entire time or I don't want to be here. Yeah, you know, how interesting it would have been too if we actually saw a more fun side of her until the husband said we're going to Santa Cruz. Exactly. If she'd that been way- fun mom in multiple situations, the one part of that we get a little bit is when she's singing in the car with her kids and she's yeah. telling her son like hey yeah. son get on rhythm that's the one yeah. time that, and also just a little point out she wasn't on rhythm 
Yeah. If you watch it, when she snaps, she's way yeah, off. She, she's off too. She's awkwardly off too. Which, yeah. You know, it's a little clue to what happens with her yeah. character next. But that's the only time we ever see her try to have fun or get the kids in a good mood. Because like the dad's the only like, one. She she even goes to the beach and the the Caucasian family, the the wife of the other family, is trying to like have a, like nice, fun, casual conversations with her, and is not clicking at all. She just not. And it's interesting because her character apologizes for that. Mm-hmm. But, like, she just, it, it's like, she's almost like talking to a wall. Yeah. Cause Unless she's talking to her husband, where she's more interactive with. But mm-hmm. other than that, man, yeah. I've been in those real-life moments. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not at all. I've, I've actually been on I've actually been on dates where the person was like that. And I'm like, Oof, Dude, yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's just like, yeah, it's like talking to a wall, like you said. All right, so I think we kind of talked about the characters enough. Let's hop over to the story itself. How did the story work for you? The story, I... You know, for me, I was waiting for a story, and I was waiting for the parts to really add up and make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, almost throughout half the movie, until things really started to roll, until we we understand more things have going on, I was very lost. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't figure out why these doppelgangers were particularly after this one family, and what was going on. What. In horror movies and things like that, there's a reason, like, you know, Jaws is like, there's a big scary shark, and it's like, all right, well, if you stay out of the water, you're not going to mess with that. He's just being an animal. Or Freddy Krueger, or some... All these characters have a certain motivation, and I couldn't figure out what was going on with these doppelgangers, which is like, there's an air of mystery, but the... The the movie and the plot didn't hold much weight for me. Uh, there's something you had said last night that really stood out to me that I, I wrote down. And this is a quote directly from Jeremy here, is that the movie is 80% metaphor and 20% story. And so that 20% story, I was waiting for that story to unfold. And then we didn't realize till after the end of the movie that there wasn't a whole lot of driving parts of a story. Yeah. I mean, the, the movie is interesting and entertaining in certain manners and ways, but despite some great visuals and great moments, it's like, give me story along with that. Otherwise, well, I got these really cool moments that I don't... Well, also, again, you know, you spend a great deal of time just constantly asking yourself, what is this about? And also, do I care about these characters? Like, I cared about the father, and I cared about their friends, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the mom or the kids. Well, again, and again, it's characters aside, you need to put characters in an interesting situation or story, right? I'll follow, like, I can follow great characters in a mediocre story. Like you said, 20% story, 80% metaphor. I kept waiting for the movie to tell me what it was. A problem for me is there's also a point uh, relatively early on. When the action starts going, it really kind of ramps up at certain points. There's a point when the doppelgangers get them all locked in key. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is the kill blow. This is where they can do this and that. And they don't. And the reason they reveal that they don't is very delayed for me. Well, here's also a, a big thing about mystery. The issue with this movie's mystery is that it breadcrumbs because, you know, like a, like a good mystery leaves you clues so that by the time you get to the end, you should be able to piece it together. Right? Yeah. Now, the problem with this movie is that it gives you a bunch of clues. After the fact? No, not, not, <laughs> not after the fact. Just a bunch of clues that could mean anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very loose in its interpretations. Again, I've heard online that this movie, that, you know, this movie could be interpreted in different ways, which, you know, I guess that works more for me when I'm watching, like, 
you know, when I'm when I'm when I'm at a gallery looking at a piece of art, you know what I right. mean? Like it can mean this to you, it can mean that to you, right? But I feel like it's very uh it's very lazy when you when you draw something that could mean anything. You know what I mean? It's it's like an art piece with no title and it's just like what does it mean to you? Well, that's what it means. It's like that's cheating, man. Like at the very least, have it be like this is what I meant it to be for me, but if that means something different for you, but and it still has this is what I, this is what it meant, this is this is what it means, and you're like, all right, cool. I got my own interpretation from that. Like, for example, and this is one of my favorite things that you and I went back and forth on. The movie, it follows. In the movie, the character has to have sex in order to transfer this monster so it's not chasing her. And it's a moment where you see her look at these two guys out in a boat. And then she walks out into the water and then they cut. And you don't know whether or not she has sex with them. And I remember you and I having a discussion of you felt like she didn't. And I felt like she did. Yeah. Based, and, and when you see her later on, she looks like she just feels like, looks like distraught. Like, I feel bad about something. And that could be because I didn't do it and I'm scared to die or because she did do it. And she sentenced those two guys to death. And she maybe didn't have told them the rules. Yeah. But those two options still work within the story. They Whether still, it happened or didn't happen. It, didn't yeah, happen. it, it, it still works. With this, it's like, it could be this. Like, it could be, like, that's two options. And this could be, this is like five, six, seven. I mean, not to even get spoilerly, like, I'm going to just throw out things out of context. You thought that, uh, so the doppelgangers wear red suits. Yeah. And you thought that they meant, what did you think they meant? I, I thought it was something about immigration and, like, prison. Mm-hmm. Like, this is representative well, prisoners uh, uh, prison who are finally set free. And... You know, I thought, you know, I came up and thinking that it was a, a Republican thing because of the uh, because of the whole red state versus blue state thing. And the other part of the, the red state thing was very reminiscent because they used the same actress off that show, The the Handsmaid's Tale. Right. So I thought, OK, where it's like a dystopian future and, and people are being mistreated. So right. that's why I also felt it was more prison. It's like, OK, because another thing that Jordan Peele does in this movie, he does a lot of homages yeah. to a lot of horror movies and certain pop cultural references. And so having the handsmaid tells red red color and have the actress in it as well who play uh, the other family's friend. Yeah, Kate Moss. I thought, okay, like that's very on the nose, and I thought it was on purpose. Yeah. And but that's a very good point. Like you know, Jeremy thought it was more leaning on like Republicans being like left behind, and I thought it was more like immigrants being left behind and mistreated in different countries and cultures. And the problem is, that's two completely different movies. And here's the other thing. Another person that could have seen the movie with us could have came up with an entirely different ideas. And Now, if it had been the Republican thing, I would have been fine with it. If it had been the immigrant thing, that would have been fine with it. Because it would have had a voice and it would have been interesting. But, but, it, but it, doesn't, it doesn't want to choose. So because of that, it's, it's all over the place with what its message could be. And when the message is all over, it's all over the place, you're like, okay, well, like, no focus. And I can't stand no focus in a movie because when it ends, I'm like... Well, that could be about anything. A very interesting thing is me and Jeremy looked up a lot of reviews from different people. And yeah, a lot of people talked about how much they loved the movie and they couldn't pinpoint exactly what they felt the interpretation was. They were very ambiguous and loose. They're like, oh, it's a great movie. That's all of these different interpretations. And then end of sentence. Like, that's well, it. it uh, well, for me, because this movie has a high rating, I very much got the whole I- the whole idea of that that person that doesn't want to admit that they don't get it. And and by admitting you don't get it, it comes across as you saying you're dumb. You're not. But people don't want to sound dumb. So they'll just say, oh, I, oh, like, oh, it's brilliant. It's so brilliant that I, you know, that I have to watch it more times because it means so many different things. And it's like, but at the same time, you're not saying anything. 
Another unfortunate truth about critics in general, and this is kind of known if you do a little research into it, a lot of critics purposely sometimes do the kid gloves and are very soft on a lot of movies, Mm -hmm. unless they're universally loved or universally hated, um, because they get early access to see movies, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to lose early access by being being more honest, which is also why when I listen to people's podcasts or opinions, I like people that have less to lose by being just honest. Less stakes in it. Yeah, yeah less stakes. So I love, there's been several people in the last couple of weeks for different movies, whether it's Captain Marvel, this movie, or others, where it's a whole bunch of people I've never heard of, and I watch some of their videos, and they're very interesting, but they're giving a very, like, honest opinion. And then when I read the higher paid critics, they're very vague, mm-hmm. purposely. They give it a high score, and then they're super vague. Yeah, and to be fair, this is the one movie I understand why, whether you gave it a, good or bad score you would be vague because you're going to walk out of the movie scratching your head like you're like oh it's about this like you, you could have everything be about you know intense great topics of all time but it can't be about everything at once and it's kind of trying to be that and on top of that what what's going on with the family which is basically nothing there should be a through line right where what's going on with the family kind of reflects it in a bigger way with the story right and and yeah, and the only problem is nothing's going on with the family. It's just the story around them. And in the movie The Haunted Mansion with uh, Eddie Murphy, it's actually a very similar kind of setup, except it's you know for kids in terms right. of a kids horror movie. But the son is very is afraid of spiders. And in order to save his family, at one point in time, he has to like open up a door that's covered in tarantulas. <laughs> oh goodness! And it's you know, and it's a very you know basic uh, character arc, right? Him having to conquer his fear. But you feel like by the end he's more he's braver by the end right you like you feel like he's gone like you know this you know this horror filled trip has made him stronger in some way this this trip i don't think has done anything for this family they're they're a stronger family unit because of him going through all of this that growth yeah by the end of this i mean the brother and the only thing that we we have is in terms of growth is the brother and sister stop fighting but it's more like yeah they stop fighting because they're trying to survive i feel like things would go back to quote unquote more the norm once they got back to wherever the you know wherever their their normality is and they still kind of you know pick at each other and stuff and so again i'm like i can't i can't stand when a movie ends and i feel like wow i if they had not gone on that journey, it would have been about the same exact, you know, because it, it, it would it, they would have been the same people, basically. And they also kind of leave open a lot of very weirdly unanswered questions, things oh. that you think are very glaring. Uh, one interesting thing is, like, you get to the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie, and one character goes off into a journey to, to solve a situation, mm-hmm. and the other family is doing something entirely different. And then we kind of just leave the, the the family that did something entirely different alone for like twenty minutes. We just and, we see him do and, something, and then it's just and then they just mom kinda, will take care of this, and then and we'll just sit here, and literally yeah. that's it. And sometimes that's like and, a very classic smart move to make, but it's like for important characters where everyone got a pretty decent amount of screen time, it was weird to not see certain family members for long periods also, of time. Also, here's the what you know what would have been great. And I guess we'll get this in the story part, but there's a point where the mom has to go to get the son. Yeah. And no details. We'll get to that in spoilers. And did it feel weird that, like, the dad didn't feel like he had to go do it? As, you know what I mean? Because as the man as the man of the house, despite his handicap that we'll get into in, in the spoilers, 
he was like, oh, I guess, well, she'll just have to go get a Nagasator with the kids. And everyone just seems kind of like, no one seemed really that worried or anything. Like, well, or like, in general, this movie feels like a lot of characters have a lack of panic. There is one time when they meet the doppelgangers, everyone's freaked out as you, they should be. And you feel the fear. And then they get used to that relatively quick after a certain point, and very oddly so. And it, it's a, there's a point where it turns... Like, they're, they're driving away from certain disasters, and... One of the kids is falling asleep, and you're like, "How would you be able to sleep in that moment?" And and yeah, there's a point where this and they're movie, not freaking out, they're not stuttering their words or yeah. anything. There's a point where this movie be, this movie goes from horror movie to dark comedy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm and I, here's the thing: I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that turn, which which is you know, it's very much like a Tucker and Dale versus Evil or Cabin in the Woods. Where it, where it's, you think you're watching something and then it becomes something else, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But the problem, but the good thing with those is, those started off as at least something I've already like. This movie's about this, cool. And then it says, well, now it's about this as well, and you're like, okay, that's it, that, that makes what it was already about stronger. This never lets you know what it's about in the first place, and by the end, when you realize, oh, it's about this bigger thing. I don't think even the family got what was you know got what the whole what the whole hand holding thing was about, and it didn't really affect them at all. And it's very much if the story doesn't affect the characters then it's not going to affect the audience because we're supposed to, the, the characters are supposed to be an avatar for us being in the movie experiencing yeah, this with them. In, yeah so if they're not affected by it then we're like i guess i mean they drive you know they drive off and we're just like oh did they did they go through anything besides survival no okay and if it were like a quiet place where all it was was, was survival and basic family that's fine but this movie hits you hard with metaphors, I mean, ev- almost every other shot lingers on something just long enough for you to be like, "This matters. This matters." The, what you know, what what one dude's t-shirt is in one scene, and one other person's t-shirt in another scene, they match, and this and that, and you know, someone wears a th- you know Michael Jackson Thriller shirt, which also has symbolism, and you know, there are videotapes that are like that has to do with that, and that has to do with that, which is. The- this movie lacks consistency, mm-hmm. and when it brings it, and like Jeremy says, it changes from very terrifying in some moments to kind of a dark comedy and it's not consistent with either or the moments when this movie is terrifying it is scary there was panic and i and i felt it Mm -hmm. once that washes away we don't really ever get back to that at Mm -hmm. all and then when it becomes more of a dark comedy it goes off on that beat for a little bit and then changes that tone into a different tone and then unique weird things happen in this movie and then we're left with no explanation Mm-hmm. generally and like i said by the end of the movie you kind of piece things together but again it took us a lot of research to look into multiple other opinions of why this was happening why the the one cool thing that only brought is more discussion between me jeremy and others but at the same time you're, you're scratching your head a lot and you're just like well wait a minute you know we watched recently a movie a quiet place mm-hmm. and that movie is beautiful at building tension and the entire movie even though it has some great family value moments, it's about family values staying together, and then there's a lot of tension with these monsters. And that movie has, well, like, once the tension's there, it's here, and then more time oh, goes by, more tension. Oh, the last, and then more oh, no, the last and then 45 more minutes tension. of that movie is just tension. But that movie's a lot simpler, too. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not trying to do what... It, sti- it sticks to very simple notes. Yeah, and this movie... Is like it's like it's playing a beautiful song, and it's like we're gonna add this part, and we're gonna add this part, and then we're gonna add some bass here, and then we're gonna drop the bass, and then we're gonna go here. It's like a chef who has a very beautiful piece with too many ingredients. That's what I was about to say. That too, just it was it was they 
Jordan Peele, I believe anyway, in terms of subjects he wanted to tackle, bit off more than he could chew. He wanted to do a lot in a movie. And there's so many things and ideas he presented that were all interesting ideas if he had stuck with maybe two of them. And Just stick with, give us like two of these with the doppelgangers. Like he shows us in this movie, you can go multiple ways with this doppelganger thing. But that's the thing. He just kind of goes everywhere, and it's a very, like, lack of payoff. Mm. You know what? Uh, we're dancing kind of around these right. fights as we have to. So why don't we give our ratings, and, exactly. then, and, and then we can get into more spoilery details so we can actually not have to just dance around it for right. people that uh, that haven't seen it. And the people who have seen it probably want to listen to just hear our interpretation so they can kind of be like, oh, piece pieces together too and see if that they got if, if that's how they felt too or was it something different. So Russell, please give me your rating. I give this movie a low seven. The acting is really good. I like the music. I still think it's a very interesting movie to see if you want to see it. Uh for me I would have been fine Redbox in this movie or seeing it in like a cheap theater. Uh I don't think I would have liked this movie normally had I spent uh you know twelve, thirteen dollars. I enjoyed it with the family, with the friends that I saw it with. Uh, for me, it's still an interesting movie, but again, it's not like an amazing movie. So I still want to see what else Jordan Peele's going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this movie feels like it has a lot of promise that didn't meet up to the expectation. So for me, I give it a low seven. Okay, uh, I'm I'm a bit harsher on it, uh, but I still I still acknowledge the technical prowess. He's obviously a good director. He obviously. You know the shots are all everything feels purposeful, and I like the homages. Uh, yeah, they, the, yeah, the homages like they they're like there are these twins in there that are obviously an homage to the twins in The Shining. There's uh, like a moment of Blade Runner. There's, there's a moment of Blade Jaws, Runner. Thriller, as Jeremy Jaws, said. Jaws, Thriller. You know there are a Handmaid's lot of Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, and yes, just other stuff. It's just a matter of. I mean, some characters have scissors, which is just like the hack and slash horror. You oh know, yeah, homage to. But, but scissors so. also have a symbolism that you know attached to them as well. The problem is the execution and what he and he may have achieved what he was trying to do. It's just very, but it turned, but it came across to me as one of those things that could, that for me anyway, really only makes sense to the person that made it. And nobody else. You know what I mean? Like it's very much it's very much an inside baseball only to the person that made it. For all the little gaps that we need answers to, he probably has those gaps filled in in his head. It's like a, a very did, famous uh, comic writer uh, who who did like the Final Crisis. What, what's his name? I'm trying to think. Grant Morrison. Yeah, Grant Morrison. Crazy genius. And when you hear him uh, explaining his theories and ideas of comic characters, it makes a lot of sense. But when you try to read it. Oh, you get lost. Well, the thing is, he's actually focused for like the first two thirds of whatever story he's doing, and then, and then the last third, he just goes into bonker, crazy balls territory. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving this movie a six out of ten. I mean, you can't look at it and not see what that it is well done technically. Yeah. But that story though, and the story is king. And if you know, and and I can I can take a great story that's that's technically less good if the story and the characters are good. And so yeah. So we're going to hop over to the spoiler section. So for those of you who uh, don't want to be spoiled or don't care, enjoy. So Russ, uh, what's something uh, spoilerific that we want to touch on first? 
There were some characters, especially the doppelgangers, that I really was hoping more things were going to happen with. Mm-hmm. And I also, I was hoping the family would get injured more, like stabbed in the legs more, and actually deal with more things besides the father. Particularly for me, it was the daughter. The daughter doppelganger was probably my favorite doppelganger. Mm-hmm. It was her and the, the best friend's father mm-hmm. doppelganger. And the daughter, when she's really, like, that really fast... I wanted to see more scary moments with her doppelganger because her doppelganger freaked me out beautifully. So, and you know why? Why is that? They cut off her eyebrows. Oh, without the eyebrows, you can't read emotion very well. So that's creepy. Right. It's very creepy. Too. But the way she smiled, the way oh, she smiled, she was devilishly scary and creepy. The only the, the problem with there, there's also a big problem also in this movie. It was really dark in so many areas. Like, it worked in the water. Which like, is like dark thematically or visually dark? Like visually dark. Like I, I know it was done purposely, like shadows and everything. But, like, when the daughter's running down certain roads, I was like, this is beyond darker than this neighborhood in every area I think would be. And they played to some effect where the other doppelganger just shows up and, mm-hmm. and such. And you see you like, run a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the dark water, there's a, so many, in certain spots, it's really dark. And I think theater. it's done purposely, but I was like, it's, it's really hard to make out what's going dark. on sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that didn't bother me in terms of the darkness. I, I, I felt that was fine. And, you know, I, I deliver up in places where literally, because the area they're around is, like, very much not near downtown area. So they have, like, street lights every half a block. So right. you see those patches of just pure darkness. And, and, and there is a truth that in more country-esque areas, there is going to be less light. But then it also means the, the stars above you is going to be brighter. Um, there's other weird moments, like when the mom goes to handle the doppelganger daughter, I thought it was a weird payoff. There was nothing there when she goes to check on it, um, the doppelganger. And I was like, oh, okay, that's just how that is. Yeah. Yeah, what there's does, no tension there. There's no like it's like okay, like oh she she literally should not go off by herself. And oh yeah, then there's no consequence. Well, well to she that. goes off. She goes off. I mean, I I made a line in the theater when I was like, wow, she really believes in double tap. She's like, I'm <laughs> yeah. making sure that they're dead. But when she goes off, what we find out is like, oh, the daughter is dead, and they linger on it, and yeah, I'm like, really long, and I'm like, what does this mean other than? The daughter is dead, and you know she died in a gruesome way with her back broken and stuff. But also, still smiling, yeah. still smiling. And I'm like, what does this mean? And oh, also, since we're in spoiler territory, uh, so that whole back, the whole backstory where you know uh, the little girl who grows, who grows up to be Louis, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character wanders off, goes into like this vision quest type thing, but like it's basically like a fun mirror house type thing. Runs into her doppelganger. They cut. Russell, you and I both probably thought the exact same oh, thing. We're From like, the beginning. We're like, oh, they switched places. And and I, I heard people who reviewed it saying, yeah, I thought about that. And then I probably forgot. And I'm like, I didn't. I'm I, was like, thinking the, I was thinking the whole <laughs> entire time. I was like, well, duh. And I was hoping that they would either prove me wrong or do something or, tw- or turn it on its head. Because I'd assume Jordan Peele would be smart if you know that's what we would immediately assume, right? Because because we've had the you know the doppelganger switch thousands of times in movies, so where you know like the whole like that dumb doppelganger switch in a what is that Alien Covenant mm. with with the two androids uh, David and uh David and I forgot the other one's name, but remember how they by the end you're like oh it's him and we're just like duh <laughs> yeah it's and but but they but they played it as this big aha moment gotcha. and you're like no nah, I, I, I saw you there it's very much hide and seek but you, we see everyone hiding properly with their feet sticking behind the curtain you're like i can see you i can see you and yet you all think you're so good at it and so when they have the reveal that she was one of them 
I thought about something. So the whole metaphor is that that these people, these clones, where they're all they're all underground. They were we don't ever find out who cloned them because metaphors, and we don't ever find out who's been feeding them for the past forever because metaphors. We don't know why their entire little asylum underground is so clean, even though they've been living down there for years. It's, it's not covered in crap or garbage. I mean, no they're, blood. They're, all these characters are well groomed. All these doppelgangers are well groomed, well taken cl- care of. They look clean. And they're wearing the generally street clothes that you would wear above in the mm-hmm. above world. We don't know where their clothes come from. We don't know who makes their clothes. Um, we don't know where they get the the Handmaid's Tales clothes. Yeah. Like we have no idea how their society works. It's kind of like the movie um, um, Black Panther, where we get a, a visual somewhat of like this wonderful Africa, like with all this high tech stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the complaints Jeremy and I had is like. Well, show us more of the education system. Show yeah. us our school. You're showing us a really cool society. Show us more of if that. If you're world building, world build. World build. This movie's like, oh, there's doppelgangers that probably eat bunnies and stuff. Well, but well, we well, have well, no idea. Well, well we, only, we only know they eat bunnies because one of them mentions that they eat bunnies. But like, there are bunnies hopping around. There's no blood anywhere. But they mention that they eat blo- that they eat these bunnies raw. So that means there should be blood everywhere. But no, uh, there are classrooms and locker rooms. I guess so. They have showers. And I mean, it's it's treated quote unquote like they say metaphorically, it's a prison, but no one's locked up to anything. Nobody's chained up. There's there are no like prison bars of any kind in front of anything where people are kept in. It's more like a, it feels more like a military bunker because you know the, of how everything is. Where it's just it's very economical, and, and they got the classroom. They all their where they sleep is like a barrack where they all have these bunk beds. And I'm like, all right. And and the metaphor that I've heard anyway is that these guys are the forgotten people of America, whether it's whether you want to take your, your Republicans, whether you want to take your immigrants, minorities, your, your, your minorities, whatever, and how we've forgotten about them. And this movie is about them rising up. It, w- it would have been better, a stronger message. And, a, and I, w- I would have bought it more if, let's say, that these characters, our main characters, were just ignoring the home. See what I mean? Just regular homeless people, right? And like, you know, like some guy like, hey, man, can help me out. And they're just like, no, I'm not going to. Or I don't. Or imagine, you know, uh, they're going into some food place and some guy's like, hey, man, can you spare some change or a dollar? And he's like, I have no cash on me, right? So I can't help you. And then he walks in and pays with cash. And I could have helped that guy. I just didn't. It would have made sense if this was more like the upside down from like Stranger Things. Like this is just a worse version of life. Like, and they like, they thought about that too, the upside down. And I thought that was maybe a little homage to that. And I just thought, that would make sense for the doppelgangers to really want to take over our world if that was the case. Like, our world is so terrible, we're going to switch places. Like, you live in this golden castle of life version, and we live in a terrible version. But this movie, even in the bunkers, we have no idea, like, what's keeping them down there. And if they're mimicking people, then are they mimicking people driving cars? Which we see that. When they're right. eating, they're eating. When they're doing this, they're dancing, they're dancing. When they're on a roller coaster, they're... I'm like, like, so if someone is, like, walking upstairs... Are yeah. They, does, has, someone, well, has no one ever well, opened a door or Well, because well, there's, there's no doors or keeping them from walking up and just being in the real world. And here's the thing, like, you know, they all can't talk because they all yep. speak in roars. But... The one that the little girl doppelganger, when they switch spots, she can't speak at first, right? That's the whole thing. Also, yep. she's not talking, but he learns to speak, obviously, and speak just fine. So the rest of them can learn to speak, right? Because we're we're weird with the doppelganger for the movie, and she she acts weird, but she talks normally. Yeah. And and the whole message is like, oh, when you 
give you know the less fortunate the opportunity to succeed, they'll thrive just like everybody else. And it's and like they'll completely forget their past and too. It, and way. it's yeah, completely com- com- forget their past too. Which I'm like, wait, you just forgot all everything. Of this? Okay. The, the the only line that gives implication of that is that they, they they see a child psychologist that mentions like a PTSD and that she may forget, like that she's blocking out the traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if she was already a doppelganger her entire life until that point, why would that be scary? Well, and there, another problem I have, I'm just gonna bring it up right now, is the doppelganger and the real girl switch places. She hurts the real girl's throat so she sounds funny when she speaks. She sounds like someone who smoked like. 10 pack cigarettes a day. And so basically, she takes her back to where she would sleep and she locks her up with chains. And then my thing is, when she breaks out, and she's like maybe 13, 14 years old at this point, why would she not have done anything that any parents in life would have told her? Leave, call the cops. Guess what? Cops would have come down there many years ago, investigated. Like, this is weird. There's, hey, Bob, there's another Bob right there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just weird. Yeah, there's, it's... And then, and so... The more you learn about the, the the doppelgangers, by the way, the less scary they become. Well, Immediately disarm. Well, also, here's the thing about what makes them less scary is you want them to be sympathetic, right? Because they're the, oh, they're poor uh, carbon copies. Vessels and yeah. And it's very much like the whole, like, the more you copy something, the more faded it gets because it's not the original. And you get further and further away from it, so it becomes faded. The problem is a lot of these copies just act plain evil. When I thought about it further, I think they were emulating more the emotions of the girl. Like, I think she, like, I think if she was happy and accepting of her life, they would have been happy and accepting. But it seems like because she wanted to revenge and murder people, that was their motive. Like, it seems like they all copied her because she was their leader. She's like, oh, I can lead them and teach them. And she's like, I train them. Yeah, but even then, they none of them could talk. And you think, like, she would have taught them how to talk. Well, here's the other thing. After the moment, like, they have that one night of murder and killing a bunch of people, mm-hmm. they become blank vessels again. And then they hold hands. Like, the last... Yeah. It's like It was like a computer program. Like, they're like, okay, rise above, try to stab people, whether you succeed or not, mm-hmm. stab people, and then the next day form a big giant line mm-hmm. and hold hands. It literally felt by the end of the movie that anybody could have just started whacking those people with bats and they would have done nothing to yeah, defend yeah, themselves. Yeah, I mean, also, and since we're on that topic... These doppelgangers, uh, they're pretty fucking easy to kill. Yeah. Like, like the first thing you're thinking, like, oh, because, like, again, like we said, when they, like, when we first see them, the fear is there. They feel like they are a physical threat. They, but then, as the movie goes on, and our heroes, our family just starts taking them out one by one, with not that much effort. Their success rate is literally a random surprise. And then I also wondered, does every home have some weird sewer line to get into a home very easily? Like... I know this house we're sitting in and how to get in and out of the house. Would I not have heard doors opening? I lock my doors at night like most Americans I imagine do. Like, there's so many weird moments. Like, Oh, yeah, like for the like the White House like or the white people house. Like, how did their doppelganger just already be inside? Yeah, which was creepy on its own like, when like, it happens. Like, but it's like, 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 how are they already there? And I heard someone bring about that kind of uh, what that was. Mm-hmm. And... It was actually kind of an amateur move in, uh, in storytelling. Right. And it, I forgot who the guy was, but it's a guy who used to write like pulp, like pulp detective novels back in the 40s and 50s. And he said, when in doubt, have a guy with a gun walk in the room, right? Okay. And basically it's like when your audience is getting kind of like doled out by the conversation and when, when stuff not happening and they're kind of getting lulled to sleep, you need to basically like you know like resuscitate them with a jolt of energy of having something happen right so they just right. so they're talking and then immediately you're like okay where is this going oh people are dying now now i'm awake again 
the problem is you're like, how did they get in the house? It doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, seriously, how did they get in the fucking house? Because you literally just had a, a previous scene where this other family spends a minute trying to get into this house. This bigger house, which obviously has better security and everything. And the white family, they're already somehow in the house. Uh, when the white girl twin doppelgangers come out, they're already upstairs when they walk out of the room. So I'm like, I guess people just walk in and, and kill them. And I'm just like, you don't establish how hard it is for to get into a, they even established that the black house is like, or they don't have a backup generator. They don't have nearly as good security as the white house. You know what I mean? Yeah, their friends have the upgraded version of everything. So you would think better security, yet their shit is easier to break. The easiest. Motion break. sensors, everything. Nothing. They, they would have had all the basic stuff. Like The other thing that is disappointing about the doppelgangers is the first doppelgangers from the main family mm -hmm. are all terrifying in their own right and tough to deal with, tough to handle. And you get a sense that they have an up on the actual copy, like the real people. Mm -hmm. Like you have the sense that the, the son, the, the doppelganger son may actually be able to take on mm -hmm. um, the actual son and that the daughter would actually be able to take on the daughter and the mom for the mom and the dad to the dad. And it's kind of proved a little bit. Yeah. And then further on, you're like, why are all the other doppelgangers we run into a lot more basic than the original even the ones we follow like for example like the the girl that ran track the, there's a point where they're like they're like playing she's hiding from around behind a car and then the, one of them goes and then the doppelganger go, goes down so she goes down to see if she's going around under the car when she's, she's not above her, yeah. she's above her but then she just sits there and stares at her she's like you should look up and the girl lunges at her with some you know with, with the scissors and kills her but she just stands over her on top of the car looking down at her and she's just scared and i'm like you gonna kill her, or the, what are you gonna the, do? The most annoying thing is, it felt like the main doppelganger who turned out to be the real girl the entire time. It's like she wanted to torture the family, but the rule was it, it really had a sense like she had a, a rule of like I can't, don't kill them, I can't kill them, torture them, which has really weird pays off because the girl like having thought of that after the movie kind of makes it more disappointing because. The girl and her doppelganger, like, it's like her doppelganger's messing with her. There's a part when the, the father doppelganger takes him on a boat, and he's, like, in a trash bag. So you're like, okay, is he going to beat him to death and throw him in the water, like, right. drown his body or something? Right. And I'm just thinking, had that scene played out completely, like, had the doppelganger just continuously had the upper hand, what was his end goal, end goal on the boat? What would he have done with the father? Just as much as I have the daughter, what would the, the daughter have done? What would the little boy's doppelganger have done? Like, if the Freddy Kruegers, the Jasons, and the monsters are actually going to win, when do they win? What do they do? There's an annoying part I have at the end, toward the end of the movie, where the boy doppelganger could have, like, lit something on fire, mm -hmm. and he just doesn't. He, like, it literally shows him with a match, and he had, like, made a gas line to and, a car. And, and literally gives them, long, like, all the time in the world to get out of the car, get away from it, and then... He copy and then he copies the the brother realizes oh yeah he just mirrors everything I do so he just made him walk backward into a fire and I'm like and then the mom like terrified yeah. about that too well no, well when you're watching it you're just like what does this mean for a second that scene had some tension again right like yeah. oh that's a trap like and I, I like the idea that the little brother was actually he knew it because he's like oh that's my doppelganger they think like us and also I like the idea that also because remember he's playing with the little thing that makes sparks yeah. and so he was gonna like oh he's copying me. I mean, the little brother also was the only one that was, like, burnt. Like, dis half, disfigured for some like, reason? Un un unexplained. I guess there's some symbology why that is. I don't know. I, I, everyone else seemed fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like there was no... And the, he, also act, he also acted a lot like a cat. Cause like, uh, yeah, he was purring. I he, laughed he was, a lot in yeah, the movie just because he was making purring sounds. Because there was a point where he, like, is sitting next to his, the, uh, the doppelganger mom. 
or actually the original, or the the original girl anyway, and she's petting him like a cat, like he's just like. And she's like, oh, be careful! He has a temper. Ha, a ha, temper, ha, yeah. And go play. I thought we were gonna have something cool where each 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 person went off with their doppelganger and learned something about themselves, right? Because the whole it, it's right there in the whole uh, amusement thing with the funhouse. Find yourself, right? Learn yeah. about yourself. So I thought, oh, they're gonna learn each something about themselves by by their doppelgangers. They don't learn anything about themselves, and so I'm like. What was the point? Like you spend and you spend so much time with it, not learning anything. And I should be learning something. Like my mind should be stimulated. At the but it's end, not. too, the original takes the the son away and kidnaps him. It's like, oh, that should be tension. Pays off to nothing. Just puts him in a locker. Yeah, like, I puts guess. him in a locker, and and then the final confront confrontation between the the two mothers, the the, the doppelganger, the original, and all that stuff. It's really weird. Like, it's cool because she does, like, a dance move things around, which is kind of weird and fun to watch. Yeah, it's like, it's there's like a no ballet. payoff. It's like and a then, ballet fight scene. And, it's, again, it's cut beautifully to, like, doing her ballet performance and, like, a very... Uh, the way well, she's dodging and such is and the fantastic. Very, and, a, and a very orchestral, uh, instrumental version of the song, I Got Five, on it with that dun-dun-dun-dun. And it's, again, beautifully shot, beautifully cut. But I don't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, I don't... No, like, was she actually finally ready to kill the original? She made it sound like, I have to use you as a symbol for everyone, which we don't know why at all. Because uh, successfully, all the ones that killed all the other normal people, like, were successful to whatever degree. It, 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 you get a sense that they were successful to some extent, but to not any extent. The other thing is, I don't know how much of the world this affected. If this is just the United States, is this the entire world? I get the sense it was more like the United States. Well, like the, I feel like just... the United States because, like, it was. Because, well, like they also what... have a line like, "What are you? Oh, we're Americans." Yeah, we're American. It was definitely like a U.S. thing for sure. And and I guess you what they kill their doppelgangers and they go out and they hold hands because I mean I, I like the whole thing where like the whole line starts with that with the the doppelganger of the homeless guy being on the beach. That, right. I actually like that. Right. Yeah. And that was very much like you don't see who the, who that is because they showed him on when the girl walks by he's holding that sign when they yeah. cross by like oh he was he died and you thought maybe he just died because he was homeless right yeah and later on you realize oh he's probably killed by a doppelganger but like question. That guy was homeless. So what the? F- He's technically one of the people that we've forgotten. So they have a clone of a homeless guy. Kill the homeless guy to bring out a clone of the homeless guy to say you've forgotten about the homeless. And I'm and, like, and wait, there's too many questions. Like, what? Why? Why is this one character so evil and messed up and mad at her doppelganger? And so you go back to the 80s, and it seems like the mom's a lot more responsible. The dad, uh, or the, the original girl who became, that's like started this whole copy or thing, or whatever, the main character. Um, we get the sense that the, ga- the dad was an okay dad, but, you know, he's drinking, having fun, and, like, he wasn't watching his daughter, and it wasn't responsible. But it's like, they would still teach their kids the basics of watch out, stranger danger, all this other stuff. The motivation of her character does not make any sense. Her, her character, we, we don't know to be any kind of sociopath or person like that, of that nature. And the fact that she wants to, like, have revenge on everyone for some bizarre reason. And the other thing along with that that really drives me nuts is I don't like when characters end up in near-death situations that they should be dead and they don't. And what bugs me is the, the doppelgangers have had those moments multiple times. Didn't the... Uh, well, that, for sure, they had hella time. Again, like I said, when she was on top of the car and she just jumped on her and killed her or something, but I guess she was just playing with it. But even then, I'm like, all right, guys, are, are you... Are, like, the do- the doppelgangers had too many killing blows. Like, the, the, the boy could have literally like, blown up like, the car. Like and... Those kids, at the very least, should... 
like when they're like all survived at the end and they're driving to whatever so safety, those kids should have like cuts and bruises all over Jerry, them. Like they went through let me something. ask you a quick question. As much as you love this family, if you want to build any kind of tension, why do all of them have to live? Not only why do all of them have to live, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take it a step further. You know, none of those kids have cuts and bruises on them. Like they do. Like, 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 like not a single like cut, not a single bruise. Like not one of them was in like, like, you, like you, you think Die Hard, right? Yeah. By the end, John McClane barely beat up, barely walking, and and the two parents are beat up and yeah. are, but they went through hell. But the kids, you would have, you would have not known they've been through anything. Yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm, it's I'm a normal day in the neighborhood. I mean, they killed people, and these kids aren't like they're even kind of joking that I've got more kills. And I'm Dude, like, there, there's a moment which was kind of funny, but really extremely awkward. Like they had just killed their best friends, doppelgangers, mm-hmm. and they're just chilling, like having food and eating, like trying to figure things out and trying to call like 911 very casual while there's just dead bodies around. Them. I mean, that was a funny joke to realize though, that the, oh, the dead doppelganger was laying right there. Yeah, Like I said, it was funny. It was a funny shot, but it's kind of weird. It's like, if you're going to play a horror with some comedy, it gets to a point when the action and the horror is revved up. If you're going to take a movie that's going to be more serious about it, there's mm-hmm. a point where it's almost like you almost can't make jokes anymore or that it's harder to. So it was just really weird. Again, this family seems to really lack emotion of things that are going on. It's just... And that only makes sense for the mom being that she's the doppelganger, right. so she's a little off. But everyone else shouldn't be off. I mean, even the father, when he first sees the doppelganger, he's like, oh, they're just neighbors just yeah. chilling. And he gets a bat, and then he gets freaked like Yeah, like, 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 hey, call the cops. Like, like, he, like he goes, like, the rational way. You go, hey, leave. Okay, going back inside, grabbing a weapon. Hey, leave. Or oh, they're not leaving. I'm, okay, I'm getting in the fucking the, house. The family is all freaked out by the doppelgangers. And then, like I said, once they're done getting freaked out by it, they, it just, that whole thing washes away. Their, their fear, their tension... And it's like, okay, now we can do some jokes here and there. I mean, me and Jeremy laughed really hard when uh, the twin doppelgangers died because one of them fell over like... Um, got knocked out with a golf club, and then the other one got beaten with a golf club. Yeah, but one of them got hit in the head of the golf club and, and, fell, fell, backwards, and fell backwards. And over. me and Jeremy laughed pretty loud, and yeah. it actually made other audience members laugh pretty loud. And uh, there's a few moments like that that like that could be incidentally funny. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like... That, I feel, Jordan Jordan Peele knows how to do comedy, so I, I, oh, feel, yeah. I feel like he definitely meant that part to be funny. Right. Like, like he definitely, he, he's, he's not the kind of guy that makes unintentionally funny. Well, here's the thing. Nothing about this movie, this is when this movie's being really well shot. Nothing about this movie is sloppy. The, the sloppiness comes Nothing's in on the, accident, yeah. Yeah, nothing's on accident. So the sloppiness in this movie is more of, what is this supposed to mean? What is this supposed to represent or stand for? That is and, literally the question that, the question of the movie is like, by the end, Movie and the, the, uh, if I were to compare it to a show, it's the show Lost, and which that's what the audience is, and, is lost. And, is like, and, and by the and by the end, just to kind of cover their asses in Lost by not having to explain shit, you, you do want to know what their response was? Every every answer is correct. No, they said <laughs> whatever happened happened. Oh jeez, that's the best no answer I've ever heard. <laughs> and to be fair, that's when we when we you and I were reading the reviews for this. I was like, wow, that was the best non-review I've ever, you know, yeah. the best non-review I've ever like seen. Like three or four best non-reviews. It was ridiculous. They didn't tell you anything, but it's brilliant. But I'm, I don't know what it means. And I'm like, okay. I, I have been loving going on Twitter, looking up uh, just the movie Us. And at least it's very 50-50. It's amazing and doesn't make sense. And a whole bunch of like, come on, dog. Nah, man, this movie's not good at all. It's, it's funny. Like, or it's not like they're saying it's not good, but they're just fully just like, dude, come like, on. This movie doesn't like, got a premise. I kind of want to show this movie to uh, your, your sister, Sarah. Just so oh, we, she'd be so just, so you, just so we can actually agree. I don't get it. Because yeah, and she says that about a lot of movies. And we're like, 
We're with you. Yeah, sister. We're, we're, we're with you on this one. I, I would love to see her have the reverse, and she just like has like <laughs> pages full of like he's like you simple morons. I mean, this and this got like a full on diagram with like what just makes equations. us cry with beautiful logic. Like wow, we got wow. schooled bad. Wow, I did not see it. It all makes sense now. Yeah, she yeah she'd be like one of those characters. Uh, yeah. Oh man. So well, I think I got everything, man. You, do you have anything else? Yeah, I think I'm good, man. I think I got out of my. System. That was that was just fun to just rant on that. Ooh. Cool, cool. Well, uh, close us out, please. All right. So you can catch us at Another Look Podcast. That is a Another Look on Twitter with three O's at Another Look at Twitter. And then you can also find us at Another Look at gmail.com. I'm Russell Andrade. I'm Jeremy McKinley. And thank you for joining us.